What up, y'all? This is Keith Cooper of the Blurtish Podcast. We're back with a new episode. I'm here with... Mark Dub, part man, part thug, using my heart for what hearts are made for. He's getting in a Christmas singing mood, I guess. I don't know. He's he's about to sing for the opera. Christmas musicals. He's about to do the nutcracker. I just watched Jingle Jangle. The nutcracker on the bayou. Jingle Jangle was, was, was excellent. I am like the only black person who have not seen it. I'm mad. I'm going to see it. Oh, yeah, you're bugging. And I'm going to get in the Christmas spirit. Right there with Forrest Whitaker. I'm gonna go get grab my afro and put on my little uh Victorian secret Victorian secret Victorian era glass. That was terrible. <laughs> that was a Freudian slip if ever I heard one. His, his Victorian era finery. <laughs> he's going to it he's going to go into a haberdashery and and pick up some of the finest Clothing from the Victorian period. You are to, not allowed to say haberdasher unless you got money. But uh <laughs> let me sit quietly. <laughs> I can't say it either. But today, y'all, we have a very, very special guest. We have Candace Simeon of the Joseph Syndicate. And we're gonna talk about her business, her involvement with all the with all these several local black uh, publications, uh, papers in the state of Louisiana, and guess what, y'all? She's gonna interview us at the same time. So this is a mutual interviewing and collecting of the minds. It's a symbiotic relationship. Ah, but no venom. No venom. <laughs> so how you doing tonight? Doing good, doing good. Doing really well. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, um, give the folks who's listening a little introduction of yourself. Well, you you are always having fun on Blurtish. You know, I'm, I'm just having a blast just being here. I'm here this thing here, and I'm with the Joseph And we are a cooperative of journalists, photographers, writers. And our goal is to record life and publish dreams. So if that's a story that needs to get out there to the black newspapers, we write it, we do the interviews. And if it's a book that they want that the author may want to publish, we, we do that as well. Um, and we do co-publishing. We service all of the black newspapers in the state as well as we send it and distribute our story and our news to the black newspapers across the nation. And there are about 300 nationwide that we send our news stories to, photographs to, that we can just really be a service to the black newspapers, community newspapers. And as you see, you know, when you look at the scope of news and journalism, you see less and less newspapers. So we really provide a value service to the newspapers across the nation. We're proud of what we do. Uh, we're proud of our writers. We're proud of our reporters. Uh, because there are so many stories out there that you don't get to tell unless Joseph Syndicate is there. So we're really proud of what we do. And I just want to say I am proud of you all because, uh, you know, and, you know, to go a little bit deeper, Miss Candace here, she comes into my branch at the library. Um, sometimes I don't like to say which one I'm at just to trick y'all. I don't know. But uh, y'all figure it out. But yes, I work for the East Baton Rouge Parish Library. And she comes in, and I love seeing the paper. Like it comes in the mail, you know. She's back there writing, but um, I'm always, I always look at it, you know. 
and newsflash, I always try to put it where somebody can find it. Because I'm the person who puts out the stuff. You know, I'll be like, eh, get this other magazine out of here. Put the drum right here. You know, get some, get some of this black news in your life. You, you know, it, <laughs> you make a very wonderful point. We are now living in times where due to a certain administration, there are a lot of people who are not trusting the validity of the news that we're getting. There are Russian bots who are specifically targeting black people and 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 putting misinformation out. So it is it is of the most vital importance. And we understand this now. We understand this looking at that previous administration and looking at this current and uh, the current incoming administration. How important it is that you know black media be centered. Our our stories need to be told uh, and told correctly. We don't need Russian bots uh, trying to paint pictures of us. In ways, you know, and and we see it all the time. Uh, you know, the internet has allowed us to widen the the lens on some of the ones who are telling our stories, who people who don't look like us, who are telling our stories, and not telling them in a just, or fair, or equitable way. Can't. So it is marvelous to have black people showing our lives as as objectively and as honestly as they can. It, it, you know what? I, that we don't even have to be that objective. We can be honest because black people are dope. Yes. But yes. it did start in the space of honesty and being intentional in telling the, the entire story as it relates to our community uh, and keeping it as hyper local as possible. And then you don't have the robots to come in and tell us our story because we we are feet on the ground, you know, and we were able to capture the story, to capture the humanity that a lot of times stories, especially the ones that's produced by robots, leave out. And, you know, we have a commitment, the Black Press has always had a commitment to solution journalism, which is telling the story and telling the solutions that have been helping our community. And it's, it's valuable to know that as readers and listeners and consumers of our own media, that we continue to share the stories to one another. And then we don't run off and give the, the greater stories to a specific newspaper oh or media over the other when the black press is the press that will make certain that the full story is told. So yeah. we, I think we need to be a little more intentional in that. It's so that we can appreciate that wider lens that we have available to us in the black Can I just, I just, that statement you just said, I just got to, yo, when you hear something, and this ain't even a joke, I'm I'm applauding this because as, I'm applauding <laughs> let me applaud a little louder. Me, I was just speaking with an artist, a uh, shout out to David Gordon. Uh, we recently had somebody, ain't going to drop any names. Sometimes it happens as a podcaster, and I'm sure you as a journalist know, too. When you about to interview somebody and they just disappear, ghost on you, and dis- just vanish, but you see them on the bigger platform and different stuff, and it's like they don't even hit you back. And it's like what you just said is that as a podcaster, I felt that because I don't consider myself media. I'm more so a guy who's just having a, a conversation and that fits in with 
the passion of things that what we do at Blurtish. But it does it it does hurt when you take time out your day. First of all, y'all, I don't record at my house normally because I just my life doesn't dictate it. I have a special needs son who is autistic. Sometimes he has meltdowns for those who need to look that up. So I thankfully we go we you know to keep it local. We're here at the uppercuts at this barbershop. Our friend, our barber, the man of people, Mike T, who owns this. And we do that, take that out of our day. So yeah, when we get blown off, it does it hurt even a little bit extra. So yes, I applaud y'all as a person who also brings light to black creatives, you know, or black stories or black voices. And I just that's why I love what y'all do. And I, I love the support that you all are feeding to these black papers. Um, and also, like what you also said, the local aspect, because as my esteemed colleague here, who is a very, very brilliant man, he went to the high macro level. Uh, yes, you're dealing with the intelligent version of Blurtish tonight for, oh. for a little while. But, uh, <laughs> but, Thank you, bro. I'll take it. <laughs> but on the local level, what you just said about the local level, because, look, we all grew up watching WAFB, reading The Advocate, WBRZ. I'm not going to lie. As I have become an adult, well, um, in my 30s, this decade, I don't watch the news. I read it, but watching the news is like painful. First of all, they don't care about it's if it's rare that you get a slice of life of black culture even here sometimes unless it's tied to something political, tied to something negative or maybe sports related. But you know, look we grad me and Mark. We graduated from Southern. I don't know. I get. I don't know what's what college you went to or. Yes, yes. So so we got three Ooh. Southern University boy, Jaguars, Jaguars here. Jaguars in the house, boy. Ha- right. The right. the highlights, like I laugh because people every year when I used to be in like these uh football groups, people like they don't put us on the paper. Blah blah blah. They don't do this. I said, y'all, they got high tech cameras and they still take them same shaky camera videos of highlights that ain't synced right that should tell you something you're not gonna get it you're not the it's, priority they're not the priority it's if you got other media and other youtubers or other people who do videography which i do wish southern will go a little bit further and make a youtube for the actual sports like the band did for the band the band is youtube is fire uh southern university Get on board and get a get a social media for the sports page so I can watch some highlights. We all can't make it to the game. Step into the new new century, but uh, <laughs> but I'm just saying, you know, people want something from some of our our colleagues who ain't gonna necessarily give that to us just because they've been around the longest. Don't mean they the best for you. That's right. That's right. You, you know they. Already helping, as opposed to spending 
days and days trying to convince another media to tell a story that's relevant to, to your people. That's right. why we're here, and that's why the black media has been here in Baton Rouge specifically for 50 years. They're not brand new. These papers are not brand new to it, but it, it's great when people can discover them because, you know what I, and I I will say the these companies the 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 TV stations they are trying to have more diversity in their ranks because they understand that that's the way that the company the country is moving, the country is becoming more diverse and so they're trying to have faces that look for more familiar, look for more familiar because the city also is it's we we're pretty. We're pretty much divided numbers wise. Um, it, there's there's as many of us as as other demographics in the city, and when we even even with more diversity, there's still a way that they paint pictures when they tell tell our story that may not be authentic to what to what our reality is. You know, there's always spin, and 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 they are businesses who are trying to get viewers, and so they they may go a way that's not as flattering or uplifting to our people. But when you have a paper or you have journalists who are looking for our stories and approaching it with the specificity of trying to elevate us culturally, and I mean it, I've I've heard children who don't have aspirations to do anything greater because they don't see it. They don't see it with our people. So it is important to have multiple, multiple strings of information, of data that show us the way that we truly are, that aren't just cutting a a, a very thin, very, it's only stereotypical of a very small portion the wedge that they show of us, and we we need to be shown better. That you know, our, our community is filled with the greatest kinds of people. You can see we 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 have we have black doctors who are brilliant. In fact, yes, the absolutely. in fact the the Moderna uh, vaccine that company just gave props to a to a Ugandan. I'm I'm sorry, a Nigerian doctor who was one of the leads in terms of helping develop this vaccine that they say is 95% effective. Right. You, you know, right. um, there's so many innovations there. There, there are black doctors. There's a black doctor right now in Tuskegee, Alabama, who has a cure for cancer. She is not, she's not accepting money from, I speak about her frequently. Cause I think, I think she's amazing. And these stories have to be told. Yes. And I, these stories, like it, it, I tell people uh, who might be a little bit light, lighter than me, and if you can't get much lighter than me, and then not be uh, anyway. Um, I tell people wow. who might be a little bit more milky in complexion that <laughs> tail. There is <laughs> there is a doctor right now who has cured, not is curing, who has cured cancer, and they and they can't believe it. I say and she. Um, she looked like she can't die in a Ross, and and she's she's brilliant, and I mean and 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 super innovative in her technique. Oh, she's also a black physicist too. She she has her she's one of the less than a hundred black women in the country who has a doctorate 
in physics. And she also cured cancer. I like she just thing. needs money. But we also have another uh, black physicist. I, I would be remiss if I did not mention her, uh, Dr. K. Renee Horton, who uh, is also from Baton Rouge and is my cousin. Miss Candace, if you have not, if depending on how long you followed us, there's two things Mark is always going to try to slip in on his pod. Either okay. Batman, and that counts as your Batman, me saying it, so no more Batman for the night. Or him being a physicist. <laughs> and shout we shall see. <laughs> and we shall see. But uh but I guess I'll just say that shorter. It just feels damn good to see good stories about your old people. You know, it just feels great. So and then, you know, I just wanna just really, really reiterate what you were saying. I appreciate you during the the beginning of the lockdown. You all did a little, you know, included us in a list of podcasts to Ooh. listen. Yes, y'all. This is that writer. And you include us on that podcast of who to listen to. Uh, uh, what was the exact title? Uh, it was like seven black podcasters from Louisiana to listen to during the pandemic. We we. We we appreciate you. I I saw it. Coop Coop said, "Hey, bro, with the drum." I was like, "Mama, I made it. I'm in the drum." Like, yeah. Look, and also thank y'all for putting you know for your work with the drum and and others that put our anim- our anime anime ish. You know, it's not dead. It's just on pandemic yeah, hold. We we on we we on pandemic hiatus. Depending on how when, things change. When the change. hiatus is over. Uh, you know, when one of these brilliant black doctors pushes forth something that's gonna that's gonna wipe yeah. this vaccine out. I mean, I'm listen to me, wipe this uh, COVID <laughs> out of existence. Then, uh, but we'll, we, we'll be back on our animation kick. We thank y'all so much for that because, because you know, I know we're doing some weird quirky stuff that you know maybe somebody's grandma who read the drum or the shrill some for don't know what like what the hell is anime, but is that cartoons? I don't know, but. but and that's why, you know, I was bugging you since February. Oh, you wasn't bugging me. For your audience, I have been asking since February to get an interview with you to really understand Bloodish, the anime world, especially in Louisiana. You are traveling. You went to Monroe to the comic shop. 
have, I mean, so much around what you're doing that to just say, hey, listen to this podcast, to us isn't sufficient. So I want to hear and dig into both of your psyches on what's behind Blurdish and how much more can we enjoy from this podcast and from all that you're doing. See, y'all, that is a world-class transition. So she's about to interview us. That, we, was, that was a nice segue. I appreciate that. See, that's how you're dealing yeah. with a pro. <laughs> you, know, you know, that's where my, my big thing was. You know, we only gave a tease to our readers on what you did. And if you notice, and I'll send you a link, that also went to blackpressusa.com. All right. And so, yeah, so we shared that with all of the black newspapers in the nation uh, to let people know that these podcasts exist. What? Um, what, what, what is, you know, I know murders, but when you talk about the, the scope of it, it's more than just you all are more than just a podcast. So let's just define what Blurtish is. What is that definition of Blurtish? It's real, real simple. It's the PG term, as I tell people, is something of a black nerd. And it's basically... As Mark always puts it so great, he does this so much better than that, about how we as black people consume entertainment, pop culture, anime, comics differently than our fellow compatriots who might like the same thing. Because it may it just like it's a microcosm of anything else, it affects us differently. Whether if it's like hip hop, entertainment, or sports, media is media. So we wanted to highlight a lot of independent, and I and I stress the word independent um, creators because there are a lot of creators um, out there who don't say don't work for the big two. Like you know, we mostly focus on comic books somewhat, but we kind of talk about several things or topics or people like yourself who's doing something good and positive in the community. That was always a part of it, but the the base of it, we start with comic book creators. And just like, hey, we want to give it a give your book and your information a spotlight. So we created a platform to discuss it. And lo and behold, we kind of, I guess the the short origin story, if you will, me and Mark was literally talking about like, oh, Black Panther is coming, the movie is coming. You know, it'd be cool. Like, I like I like comics. He's like, oh, I like comics too. Let's podcast on it. And that kind of how things got started in a nutshell and that's what blurtish is basically we talk about comics talk about nerdy stuff this and that but overall the goal is to do to talk about uplifting things that's positive in the community from various creatives businessmen business people and just good stuff we you know coop and i are pretty close in age we we came up at a time where it was a little bit rougher to be black and a nerd like that like it it wasn't it wasn't as you you couldn't have as much cultural clout as you can for it now yes. <laughs> you know uh the kids I, I I'm glad that the kids cel- get to celebrate it now because there was you know it I remember being ostracized quite a few times because of the the interests I had that differed from a lot of my peers but as I got older uh, and I went to college, I started seeing more faces like mine that dug the same things that I did. So 
and and with I mean I everyone who who listens to the pod knows I'm a big comic book guy. I love I, I love the big two, but a marvelous thing happened with Blurtish. We started being able to reach out and talk to independent black creators who are creating characters similar to the ones that we grew up reading, and their work is marvelous. Their work is beautiful. It's eye-catching. The stories are interesting. And, some, you know, a lot of times people think that indie comics are just mimicking what's being done in the big two, but that couldn't be the furthest from the truth. There are so many independent creators who are approaching things in a way that I've never seen. And let's keep it real. I love it. It's it's brilliant. There are things that these indie creators are doing that the big two is mimicking. Oh, yeah. I think these indie creators are spearheading uh, thought trains that others pick up because, you know, the big two copy off each other all the time. And then, I, you know, it's funny... Indie creators may think nobody's watching. Oh, but people. Oh, but they are definitely watching. <laughs> oh, are they, they always are watching? Watching, they're watching, and they are trying to appropriate culture. Hey, people, at, at every turn. People are watching. People are hyper consumers of media. You know, we might even have people watching us. Yeah, and we don't know. With, with that being said, as people are hyper consumers of, of media, it's great that we have representatives of media who are. Presenting media and putting the images of us out into the community responsibly. Yes. And that's a, another marvelous thing. Like what you do with with the with the Jones Syndicate and Syndicated Press and, and the affiliates and all of the papers who are affiliated with it, and including the drum, of course, you put out images of us as authentically honest. As as you as you can, and you give a platform to people. You 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 highlight and shine a light on black excellence, and at some level, that's what we want to do as well. And it's, I mean, you have it, and you thank you for that. You, I think you hit the nail on the head on what our goal and our mission is. And I see, I hear the same thing in your podcast because you did an interview, a road trip the last maybe two or three interviews ago going out to the comic and the comic shop in Mobile, I think it was. Yeah. And you also did the, the interview with the scientists and you, you interviewed local comic creator Antoine Mitchell. I mean, you are, are doing the same thing in terms of presenting the most authentic powerhouses, if you will, that, that's local, that's Blurtish, of course, to the community. How do you decide who you bring into your podcast and who you share with your audience? How do you make those decisions? To be honest, it's no real one way. Um, as we are just kind of, you know, depend on a lot of it came from a lot of groups we were in in the early early days and beginning. We will send, we will see like. You know, I was like, oh, this is a cool story. Yeah, maybe I'll just reach out. And if they reach out, they accept. We make a date. It's like it's really not um, a thing. Some people have reached out to us. Um, but mo- which, which normal- we appreciate. Yeah. Because, you know, but, but what Coop is, Coop is saying, because Coop does Coop does most of it. I, You know, I got to give give him his due. Coop, is, Coop got his fingers in so many different pots. 
in terms of like this black nerd culture. He and he communicates with a lot of people. He's out there um, rustling about uh, with 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 people who are moving and making connections. And people hear what we do and they want to be on the podcast. We we certainly welcome them. The the great thing is with all the work that Coop has been doing. I just, and I always give him his props. A lot of times when we reach out to people who we consider to be big in the community, they they always they'll, they'll be like, yeah, I've heard of Blurtish. Or if they check us out, they show us so much love. Uh, and it's it's really been I, I give him all these props because he's really been busting his hump and working really hard to put us out there. And so if we are if we're seen out there, it's largely due to Coop. Also because I am. Um, Glorious and magnanimous. Okay. And um, well, thank I, you. I, 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 Your ego thanks you too. My my ego, which is sitting next to me, because it is is so tremendous. It it has joined me. Hello, my ego. Hello there, Mark Dub. Wow. How are you? I'm fine. I'm I'm glorious. Look at you. Hi. Look at you, folks. See, it's great. We are listening to a split personality. All that to say is, we just kind of like if you're doing something dope, you're you know I, one I, of the I, things I like we, to say that. We like to curate dope things for people who may not have ever, like, we, we like to introduce you to a lane of things that you may not have ever seen before, but when you see it, you're going to be like, man, that is dope. And, and also I, important. I, I like, if, that's a new thing. Blurtish. Curators of the dope. Okay. Write it down. But, uh, <laughs> it is, but, we, but we also try to, you know, we try to, when we ask somebody or somebody check us out, we try to make sure they're not like internet trolls or like terrible people who just like really letting it fly you know, loose and, and crazy in, in so many ways to say. Like we have some weird characters, but they generally have been people who are serious about their craft, uplifting and just dedicated to their thing. So it varies. Like, you know, we generally... I would say we steer family friendly. Sometimes we steer off into you know what? We, madness. We we have we have fun. Yeah. You know, we, we, we decided early on that we weren't gonna be trying to be legit media because you know there are people who go to school and get degrees and those types of things and and we'll let them do that. We we get on there and have fun. We respect that craft. We just try to be authentically ourselves. Yeah. Um, we, the, the great thing about doing a podcast about stuff that you love is it's stuff that you love. So when you get to talk to a creator who is doing something that you love, you're excited, you're giving them this energy, they give it back. We we always get compliments on... we I've, We've heard so many times, this is the most fun interview I've ever done. And I just wonder what what interviews are they doing? Right, because I feel <laughs> like we just, I, we just I, I, I feel like I feel like we cool, but we're not like cool kids at school. You know, we we sit at the weirdo table and and I'm not Eddie Murphy. I ain't, I ain't, I ain't get paid on on uh, stand up. Not yet. We working on it. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> so how did you? How did the merchandise and the pop up shop? How did that all evolve from that? Well, that's um. Well, that actually stems from the uh, the podcast. I'll I'll take the merchandising first. Merchandising, basically, as a, as you know, as as a, as a writer and for papers, you have affiliates of things that you want to advertise that you hope people buy that get you some money. So that's how affiliate sales work. As you know, a lot of people don't know that. So basically, 
I wanted to monitor, you know, I wanted to monetize ourselves. So I looked into certain uh, services um, like drop shipping. I got some art made. Now, all the stuff is there. It's still kind of the same concept of helping independent creators not to go too deep into it. But basically, I always like, you know, people at cons love representing their fandoms. I'm like, well, it just makes sense. If we're talking about fandoms, we're talking about different things. Why not sell it? So that was a part of that. Far as the pop shop, uh, the pop up shop, basically that came about. Um, yeah, long story short, through our interaction with Jason Reeves, I met him at Wizard World. That was like uh, one of the, maybe the first con I went to, or one of the first cons I went to. Met him in person. Uh, then I wound up inviting him to my job's uh, Mid City Microcon, the first one that started. Um, he was a guest. After that, he was like, "Hey, do you want to sell my comic books?" Because he's also his own printer. And my first response to him. He's also from New Orleans. Also from New Orleans. He and his wife were displaced after Katrina. Um, he, he has a really cool story. He and his wife, like he was a he was an artist. He was trying to he was an up and coming comic book artist trying to you know earn his bones in the industry. And even though he had independent ideas, he still, you know, he was trying to get on with, with one of the big two. And eventually. Uh, after he was dis- he was displaced after Katrina, he lived with another artist who he had met on the con circuit. Well, not to cut you off, we actually have a whole episode explaining that whole story. So we go we go. Let, so, uh, we allow go, me to shorten this. We go, yes, thank uh, you. <laughs> he he and his wife. He, he always credits his his very smart wife. Happy birthday! Um, Is that a birthday or happy birthday? He always credits <laughs> his very smart wife. On saying instead of let us instead of us paying publishers to put our book, let's figure out how to publish ourselves. And once they they did the research, they took their time, did the research, invested in themselves, started publishing their own books, and then started assisting other creators. And then they put their method, they're putting together their method so that they could sell that. But it's it it their method of trying to uplift other people. Was something that's kind of infectious with us. We we decided we have all these connections to black creators that we think are dope. Why don't we put it out there so that they can they can we can help them? I mean, and help ourselves a little bit by helping them too. That's a really clean answer. My first response is, "Are you sure you want me to sell your books?" <laughs> and I was like, I really asked them, "Do you really want me to tip it?" But I said, "You know what? I ain't got nothing to do." I want a side hustle, and you got and you got product. But like Mark said, he had a lot of good stuff, and he actually had stuff that pertained to Louisiana, New Orleans, and Black culture. I was like, well, this is a a win win. So like, and long story short, we have been selling his stuff uh, three years later, and art more artists have just piled up. You know, this year, strangely enough, through the pandemic. I've had about maybe about five, six new artists, maybe even more, come to me and say, I want you to sell my book. I see that you're still able to sell books because there's no cons right now. There's no stuff like that. Our model of business was never really based on cons. We like reaching out to the average everyday person that you see just around town. So... 
Well, not you should. When they not uh, say the last question about it, why they're not what on the featured on T-shirts? You say? Well, actually, we do have novels and various literature and anthologies. We do more so of uh, artists who are creators who sell, say, sci-fi, black speculative fiction. That will probably be more of what the novels we have. However, going back to merchandising and affiliate sales, we're part of something called Bookshop. Um, so basically, do our one of our do one of the things on our website. You actually can order other uh, books, nonfiction, anything that you can find on Amazon. So we are part of that network. So we actually have expanded that. Now that isn't something I carry with me because you know I'm only we've only got so much space, and then we have so many direct deals with, say, the comic book creators. So it's different levels to it. So in the essence. Well, to explain, anime is actually animation. So what we're doing, the the term you're looking for is manga. So, um, but for the most part, we sell comics. Um, even if it more so, I would say the comics we sell might some of it might be say manga inspired, like two titles, like uh, in the Ghost Society. It's a black created book and it's dealing with black characters, but it is manga inspired. And, and manga is manga inspired is like the anime style, like that. The animated style that you see with like the cartoons like Colt, Voltron that are like traditionally from from Japan. But, you know, it it just it has grown to be in several different things. It's a worldwide uh, thing now. And so, you you know, Coop, Coop is really the the manga guy. Coop really uh, reads manga. He's put me on some stuff. I'm the comic book guy. He's the manga guy. Uh, but he, you know, he also does check out comics. Coop now, though, Coop doesn't even really peruse the big two that much anymore. No, I he, don't. He he's on the indies. Put the it indie to like creators this. Bent, and it's and it's because these indie creators, like some of the books on our table, are as good or honestly Better. to me far superior to what I've seen from the big two. Like man, Crescent City Monsters. Oh yeah, is one of the most amazing books. I've seen, man. Shout out to to our guys uh, creating that. Uh, Giancarlo Vernali and uh, my guy Newton Lee Lavoie. Um, you know, we got David Crownson who is putting out Harriet Tubman Demon Slayer. Like, yes. conceptually, yes. this is stuff that hasn't been done before. And these black creators are creating things and shining. We have our friends Greg Burnham and Marcus Williams. Greg Williams is 
Greg Greg Burnham's working on Song of Sadika, and he has the Tuskegee Airs. In fact, just to kind of you know mix back into your question, so like I say, Tuskegee Airs, it is William uh, Greg uh, Marcus, Marcus the William. visual style. It has a uh, definitely inspired by manga and anime. Definitely more anime style. And the reason why I say that because he actually said he wanted his stuff to pop off the book just in case if he could get it animated. So you're not you're not off the track too far, but it's just uh, the better term that I say for our table is just indie comics by black by a lot of black creators. Right, right. We, to to put it in one we, perspective, we, that's who we seek out putting out there because we you know we have friends who are indie creators who will say that they have a hard time getting into shops. I mean it's. Kind of nigh impossible sometimes, depending on it's all to the shop creator. So, but you know, distribution deals, people only have so much space for big two, which they think is going to sell, or they have to to keep their licenses. Who knows? So, that's kind of what. Uh, honestly, that's a really good question because we, you know what, we really have run the gamut. We have touched we have a lot, been, and and it's because we want to. We've always wanted to be inclusive of everybody who is black consuming this culture. But you know, we have, we have, we have, we have a lot of white friends in the culture too. Uh, people who we <laughs> we even uh sell sell with, you know, partner with and and, and make sales. Because it, it's a really dope culture, uh, we 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 have people who really appreciate our perspective on it, and they might not be black, but it's but I would we s- still push forward uh, beca- because we know that we're uh, it's amazing how we shape culture, and yet we are still so very underrepresented in it. Yeah. So I- with our platform from day one, when Coop and I talked about this, this was what our platform. We knew roughly that this was what it was going to be, and we met people along the way. Like we have friends who are black cosplayers. It, it's funny they're an underserved, under-interviewed community, and these are people yeah. who are regular people who live their everyday life. But this is their passion, and they pump serious time, sweat, blood, tears, and money or- and effort into creating these things. Like a lot of them are not going to be celebrated for, but it's a it's a thing that. That drives them and they love them. And I love seeing that kind of passion because, I, I mean, we we need to push for STEM. But but I, our arts, our creativity pushes culture worldwide. And we, we need the artists. We need the dreamers. We need the, the people, the, the creatives to continue to create and inspire. And I will say, I think we didn't, we didn't talk to it like almost... So many in different people who do skits, poetry, writers. I would say one thing that I would like to say, maybe consistently pick up in the future, give more of a space for those who are, say, not comic book writers, maybe more fiction writers and maybe nonfiction, depending on the subject. Mm. So that will be something that I think we have lacked in. Of course, I always like to get more cosplay, like more cosplayers who are not say established, but who are have a a great um say uh just great skill 
Like, I would like to get more of those on, like, more of those people on. Because I did go out the way to say, hey, I do want to talk about cosplayers. We had, like, three or four in a row. But sometimes I don't really reach out that much just because sometimes it, it's, it's like you said, they're not celebrated enough. Or on the flip side, some people are harassed. So they, they may not be so, maybe not so open. So I take, I walk, I walk with caution with that. So that's just, I will say, two or three avenues of people that I would like to bring on more consistently. Cosplayers, fiction writers. I mean, to to be honest with you, nobody. I don't know who invented the word, but I mean, it's really more. It's I guess you. Can, I ain't gonna say it's a movement. I don't want to sound you know cliche, but it's just a thing. I mean, but like we were into anime before there was the word anime. So they've always had you know. You fact, I'll even throw out one that you know. I'm gonna show you how old I am. I date myself. Do you remember Raj for what's happening? Mm-hmm. Raj is like a blurt. He is a glasses wearing smart guy, but Raj was he also he just he just you you when you meet when you when you if you know Raj then that is like way back like forty years ago. So if you really want to look at examples in media, you can go from Raj. You know everybody knows Urkel. I'm not really on. Yeah, yeah, whatever Urkel. I mean Urkel was cool for yeah, the time, was, but he was, was such space. a a negative stereotype, you know, because nobody really want to beat Urkel other than his genius. But he was a, you know, kind of a uh, a weirdo <laughs> in a bad way in some good things. But then you had the cooler. You would say the cooler version would be Dwayne Wade, who was smart, into the ladies, loved basketball. He was versatile as a person, you know. Dwayne Wayne on. Uh... On different world. Different world. And he could be a meathead sometimes too. You know? So there's there you can see some of the same character, smart, glasses wearing individual as a person, but various different people. But you know, if if we're talking about it it And that's just, you know it, there was definitely an uptick. Like black nerds have so. always been there. And if you look at I mean you look at hidden figures, these ladies were mathematicians. Yep. Like if it, I mean, we have always historically shined in, in intelligence and innovation. We've always culturally been pushed it forward from Lewis Latimer uh, creating the filament that, and not just the filament, but being create, you know, creating the filament which which actually made the light bulb functional. Yep. That you know, you there's always been black people spearheading tech. Yeah. You know, um, and you know why? Because we had to invent stuff that wasn't available for us, and because we t- necessity is the father of invention. Or we realize, you know what? This is stupid. Let's do it better. And, <laughs> and so there have always been pockets of us, but you know, again, it comes to media. When I was a kid, there were only so many. There were only so many ways you could be portrayed on TV. As that started evolving, it started being okay to you know. Smart black men on television started being celebrated. And just to give shout out to ladies, you can be a nerdy 
beautiful, anime loving, rapping. So superstar is like you got your Megan the Stallions now. You got various levels of this. And as as it as it's been as the culture's been growing, I, and I I got like the huge up the hugest uptick I ever saw in it was with the 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 news surrounding the coming of Black Panther and who who would be chosen. So many yes. people were you know there was so much buzz about it, and when and when it was revealed that it was Chadwick Boseman. I had just seen 42. I was like, I trust this guy. Everybody cheered. Like I it was trust a collective. This guy. Like, I think this guy's gonna kill this. And and, and, and he did. And you know, you know, and he Black Panther made it so cool to to like we culturally, there was a wave of, of our people embracing our culture in a way that we probably hadn't seen since Public Enemy. It combined like in, the, in the late 80s, um, yeah. early the, 90s. Yeah. And it, it it allowed black people across the spectrum, across the diaspora, to be excited and about you, us. We we were represented in a way we had never been represented in media before. And the first black superhero in comic books is a black king of the most technologically advanced country in the world. When you when you say those things, who 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 bests um, the best white teams in combat? He outmaneuvers them like. There was so much excitement about that character, and it it allowed it. The Black Panther was and the movie and the excitement around it was a, a it bridged the gap for a lot of people and a lot and a lot of a lot of people who had the interest in comics or in nerdy things to kind of come out uh, from under the rocks that they had been hiding and and really bask in the culture. And to take like it, I have been doing my whole life, I bask in this. And to take yes, it, I'm a nerd. And take a step back. Because of Black Panther, like you always had, you know, people who love Star Trek and Star Wars. You know, maybe it was more niche thing. You might see that one black person in those groups or whatever. But it really shined a light on the term like black speculative fiction that a lot of writers and fiction writers say, okay, we have this. We know how people feel about the big two, but you know what? It's our time to shine. And the indies use that indie media sphere to heighten their work to say you like black panther well you've been missing out we have created these things too maybe not at the same time but we have been working on this check this out do you like this we have written these stories we have refined these stories so you got everything from black sci-fi black speculative fiction black fantasy and adventure you know, and you got black superheroes. Black like, superheroes. So you look like it's, Greg Anderson, LSA, May Isnana. It, it the the characters black like, myth mythology. It, it it incorporates black mythology. So you like, have all you, these literary genres. You have different. You, you have a Robert creations. Jeffrey with a Route Three. Yeah, like these these guys are coming up. Um, Jason Reeves gave us in prototype um, a black Superman character. You know, like there's there. Black creators said, "Oh, y'all really like Black Panther, but well, look at what I got. So, I, we we got a lot of so in other words, and it's excellent, Miss Candice. In other words, as you just heard us mention, that is like several. We gave about ten different genres, as you can go into yeah. any library and find everything from superheroes to mystery, you know, crime to to drama. All these things that Black creators been doing. So." You know, we love Black Panther. I love Black Panther. Love Marvel growing up. But to give a, a light to shine on the indies, 
we use that as a touching stone, as a as a stepping stone or a touch point to get this other work out to high high highlight it and to to grow it. Again, there's success like it's for one. There's a good side and there's a negative side of it. People need content. People need content from because there's more streaming. There's more writing. A lot of stories. In fact, one of our one of the greatest creators out there right now, Rob Guillory, is right from Lafayette. He has a story that possibly will be a AMC TV show coming up soon um, within the next year or so. Yeah, that's our buddy Rob Guillory. <laughs> Interviewed several times on the show because we're dope like that. I'm just going to put that out there. Okay. And this man is a, an award-winning Eisner. Eisner, Eisner Award. Award. The highest uh, comic book industry award you can win. He's won them. He's right from Lafayette. Right from Lafayette. Great so. brother. Wonderful. It, my my answer to that question, it, it's, it's been pushed forward and it's, it's speeding into the prominence because, I mean, Miss Candace, black people are dope. Some of the most, some of the most gifted practitioners of the written and spoken word of Black people, their voices don't. They, their voices need to need a light shined on them. You know, you they they have their James Orwell. We have our James Baldwin. Yep. You know what we? You know they have the Wachowski brothers. Man, we got Octavia Butler. We have some of the most. Like I said, some of the most. Marvelous creative minds are black people, and they love our culture. They they love to consume our culture because it's it's so it's unique, it's so dope, it's something and varied. That they don't, they it, just it's, don't it's have unique and varied at the same time. And on the flip side, just going back to content, it's also idea inspiring. Where some people need content, may copy or borrow an idea. So it is getting pushed. And also technology. Technology has made it more affordable and feasible to be able to put your idea out through several platforms. So the boom has was already happening. It's just have become more and more available for more people to do it and to push it through social media and to get it out there. So there is no one no one answer to this. Uh, well, shout out to our homie, uh, Nerd Soul. Um, as you probably seen some episodes, um, that we talked to, we actually, after we get off of here, we're going to be talking just about topics, discussion. Um, we're getting close to our 100 episode. Um, we're going to interview some more creatives. Um, me and Mark might just do, uh, I don't know, episode. We just rambling like madmen. Um, basically, uh, more safer, um, Less, you know, I don't know, just safer events. I should say if I if I do stuff pop ups, it unfortunately after this weekend it might be going on a hiatus only in smaller locations. You know, shout out the French truck; they have been a uh, French truck coffee on Government Street. Have been wonderful. Simple Joe's. Um, other than we probably if if the I'll say this if the pop up shop in physical pop up shop going on hiatus. You're definitely going to get more podcasts because um, I will just be have more time and I'll be able to increase that. So more of the same, just hopefully more efficient 
better and more entertaining and uh more than what we but the long term goal I would say sometime next year we are writing and creating our own comic slash coloring book so we're going to be we'll take the term writer as well too I I don't feel comfortable putting it on myself yet but we will be creators we will have our own individual work out there for you to enjoy look at the art laugh with as well too so hopefully when we have it out ready we would definitely love to come back and discuss that way more in detail oh I would love that I would love that I'm a fan and look, the book, I'm telling y'all, I, I I don't usually pat myself on the back. That is not true. I always pat myself on the back. I'm doing it right now. This book is going to be bananas. It is going to be bananites. Y'all are going to love this book. You're going to see people you know and that's in this book. The whole and purpose. Even with our book, we are still going to be promoting people. I, I believe in supporting those who support you, we, we're really going to be using, we still are using our platform to push up our friends and creators who aid us, people who uh, contribute to the book. We, they, you know, they're going to be given full credit. Uh, we are trying our hand at writing. We're going to see how it do. I already feel like we're going to, we're already gearing up for book two. We're still working on book one. We got book two uh, coming. So, you know, it's, we got to have book one. Book one is coming. You know what's funny, Miss Candy? <laughs> Neither one of us considered ourselves creators in this way, but there really was a demand for it. Like there, there are legitimately people asking us when we were going to do it, and we decided one night to do it, and uh, we started writing, brainstorming, putting our ideas together, putting putting words together, and we have help from our friends that has been coming organically. So many people who we deal with have wanted to contribute or want to be a part of it, and like I said, it, it's it's going to be a great thing. I, I'm I'm going to I'm very proud of what we've done so far. I can't wait for it to be out. Basically, if you like humor, if you like a little satire, if you love some of the comic strips growing up, but with a little bit of a superhero bent um, to it. Then that's what we're gonna have. If you did see for Mark Dub, you're gonna see it. If you're crazy for Keith Cooper, you're gonna see it. You you gotta get, you gotta be in. You, you, you got. If you bananas for Blurdish, you gotta you gotta get it. Bananas for Blurdish. That's how I like a T-shirt. I don't think so. Let's sell it. I don't know. That <laughs> one gotta grow on me. I don't think you're going to get that one no time soon. <laughs> In the meantime, though, the blurred story is on sale for other logos, whatever. Shameless plug. We're going to make a shirt that says shameless plug Keith. And it's going to be Keith's face holding two plugs. Wow. (laughs) Shameless plug. That might actually be kind of good. I think it is. It's a good idea. If I could draw that myself, I would whip that one out right now. But we have artist friends who can. Yes, we do. Reach it out. Well, one thing, speaking of art. We actually uh, do have one little um, art thing going on that's kind of kind of like that probably be added to the book. That might be a shirt. Sometimes I like to just like stuff comes to me and I like I need to see this visualized. And this is just going to be some art that I'm going to have on my table. It might offend a couple of people. I don't know. But I kind of like as a running gag, you know, you know, to make yourself feel better in these covid times, as we call it. 
I kind of made a hashtag, you know, raw faces or raw facing. And because, you know, I work in the library and sometimes, as you know, Miss Candace, people come in there and don't follow the rules. So I'm going I have some art that's coming. It's basically just it's called Night of the Raw Faces. And we're kind of poking a little fun at certain people who don't like oh, to yeah. wear their masks. Hey, man, look, it, and kind of believe is, in some of the nonsense. It is hilarious. So it's and a, the artist depicted uh the dirty dynamic duo from the dirty the the dynamic duo from the dirty south, he depicted us. Greatly, so I can't wait for so, us to be out there. So it's like I say, it's just you know we create art like we like you know it's gonna be in the book as a part of a page, but it's just something that I was like, ah, hey, this is gonna be funny. Maybe some people like it, some people won't. But I hey. think we should put it on a t-shirt. Oh, it's going on a t-shirt, and and I will definitely be rocking that one. Just know it sums up 2020 in one nice picture of some things. So that's just one of the just some of the projects we got going on and just doing more of the same. Just, you know, finding a way to keep this fresh, fun, um, avoid the the hassles and the pitfalls of some things and keep trying to find people who want to have the who think we're worthy to give them a platform. The, the, the really the really wonderful thing, like I said earlier, you know, we do this. Uh, because we love it, and it enriches the culture, the culture that we love. So it's it's all wins for us, and we make a little money. So ain't nothing wrong with that, baby. Make a little money, baby. Yes. <laughs> so Miss Candice, as you know, we reached the hour limit. So what we're gonna do? We're gonna give you a couple of minutes to tell people where they can find you, support you, and all those many wonderful uh, papers, different things. And whatever else you want to promote. So the floor is yours. Oh, wow. Well, I'm you so appreciate your time. I, I am going to repeat, though, that I have been begging for this moment. Oh, in wow. February. I, you know what? For the public knowledge, since February, <laughs> I have been begging, and it is now December. So I'm grateful. The, pa- the pandemic. The pa- it's a pandemic. You can see what we do at Joseph See that, folks? See how a professional can can close that out strong. See how easy that is. And she even took a shot at me. When you like organize and you have it all together. Yeah, you can can even hit Coop in the chin. She even hit me in the chin. I definitely (laughs) allow. Please, please allow me to take this moment to extend apology that Coop had you waiting since February. I I blame I blame this all on Coop. It is says the man who don't take none of the emails. Exactly. 
That's why it's all Coop's fault, y'all. <laughs> the pandemic uh, is the fault. Wow. And, and we are grateful. Always. We're really grateful to have you on the show. And this, is, this has been fun. This has been great. I, I think we need to do it again very soon. Hey. And if y'all ever want to make a space in any of those papers, you know, maybe if we have a topic, you know, maybe once a month or maybe once a quarter, if y'all want to check in and put something in the paper about entertainment or whatever, we're more than welcome to do it. Starting January. Ha ha. Let's do it. Okay. She called me out on it. Yeah, let's do it. We Can, can we co-author a piece? Absolutely. Now, I'm going to let Mark write that. From the, it wouldn't be the same without you in it, Mark. Thank you. The, di- <laughs> the dynamic duo from the South. We're going to put something out there. Maybe we talk about... Yep. That is the full name. That is what it is. And, you know, with that, maybe, who knows, maybe we'll highlight on some books or something or just what's coming out in pop culture. Yeah, we, we're happy to do it. We can just, we, we just talk about what we're checking for, what we're looking forward to. That's fine by me. Because, again, Networking. We, we, we are curators <laughs> of the dope. Curators. If it's dope, we curating it. We telling you what it is so you can go out there and see it for yourself. Who's shameless plugging now? I done finally roped you in. I am the shameless plugger that Coop has always wanted me to be. Boy. I'm, it, I'm, I'm young plugger. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, stop before somebody take that as a rap name. Oh, but please. anyway. Miss <laughs> Candace, this has been fun. Um, and we're just going to say goodnight. Thank you. Thank and you thank you for coming so on. Much. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Mama, I made it with the drum. Hey, look, when the drum page is coming in, in Greenwood, it we almost told where I'm at. Well, Greenwell Springs, y'all, y'all listening. <laughs> Fine. That's right. But guess who gonna guess who gonna give they every coworker one? I'm gonna walk up to him. Hey, who's that right there? Check hey, him who, out. Who's that guy? <coughs> Doesn't he look familiar and dashing and handsome? Yeah, it's me. Yo. Take this paper. <laughs> Take it home with you. Show your friends. And read all about all this wonderful black journalism. Bow. So we're going to say goodnight and we will be in touch. Thank you so much, gentlemen. Y'all have a great night. You have one too. You too. Again, y'all, that was Miss Candace Joseph of the Joseph Syndicate. Check her out. We will be posting links to where you can get in touch with all their information. Um, just want to touch upon some things real quick. Uh, multiple sales going on, y'all. I don't have all the dates right now, as Miss Candace wonderfully mentioned one of our many functions and things that we do to pay the bills. Check is going. I have to know every sales link I have up post. You can always use the old ones. It's more so to detail the stuff people send in pictures. And y'all, if you're listening and you bought shirts, send in pictures. You might be featured. So shout out to just our previous, uh, you know, models who have. Grace to cover of the sales. Uh, shout out to uh, Moana McAdams. She was the one for November, um, October. My mind is slipping. Uh, shoot. Oh, it was a uh, it was a uh, Dominique James of Wakanda Moon was our October one. Woo! Uh, she's been so supportive and great with she promoting things. Look, we she was gonna send her a shirt. We got a shirt on the way. Um, so just again, go to www.blerd-ish.com. The shirts will be on sale. Of course, that's where you can hear the podcast first, as always. Always check that out. It's always linked in through the Anchor app. 
And also, again, check out, since it's Christmas time, y'all, check out the bookshop.org uh, um, backslash birdish. We got a lot of books in there that's curated. You know, if you don't see stuff on our table, we have it there. We're also uh, affiliates of T-Fall Comics. So we got you from Indie Books, the big two writers, creators of all type of ways, all type of functions. Check us out. I promise you, you will be pleased. We got you covered like a hash brown with cheese at Waffle House. So, and... uh. And I just want to give a special shout out if they listening to Zach and Mac of Go for Gaming, Go for Games in New Orleans. I enjoyed doing y'all pod. It was great. Uh, thank you. Uh, I look forward to seeing y'all tomorrow. Hopefully things are good, safe for this weekend. Um, hopefully my all our New Orleans friends will come out. We hope to see y'all there. Um, you know, if y'all don't hear this before this event is up, thank y'all for those who can came out. So future shout out. <laughs> after the event, shot, shot, shot. as if you came to the event that will be happening this weekend, thank you. Um, and shout out to the Walls Project. Um, I had a great time being a guest feature, talking to your students. Shout out again to Nerd Soul for doing that video. He did all the special effects and the video that went along with me rambling like a madman and just discussing about our history. Um, you know, just get that brother love. Um, you know, and, and thank him for all that he does. So, with that said, y'all, um, we are well into the Christmas season. It's time for y'all to turn on some Motown music. Check things out. Have fun. Be safe out there. Wear your mask. Be safe to your people. But do enjoy this Christmas season. And we hope to be back very soon. Yep. So. Man, y'all be safe. Look, man, the, the COVID numbers are going out. Y'all wear y'all mask, man. If you wear your mask... Eventually, we won't have to wear a mask. Yep. If you don't wear your mask and you get sick, it COVID sucks. Trust this, me. This man knows. I know firsthand. I'm telling you nothing but what God loves, and that's the truth. Wear so, your mask. Help heal the world, like so, Michael Jackson say. Again, find us at www.blurdish.com. And I'm Keith Cooper. Um, I run the Blurdish IG page. That's blur.ish. Uh, got a Facebook page, same name, Blurdish. Uh, I'm Keith Cooper on Facebook, and you can find Mark at... I'm Mark Wallace on Facebook. I'm Space Age 3 k on the Twitter. Twitter right here. And I am Mark Dub. Just look for Mark Dub, the handsome one, on Instagram, and you will uh, you will see me. I'm in a place to be. And there's a blurtish Twitter, but again, I check it about once a week. We, but we don't... We don't <laughs> I mean, we, we talk that talk. We I, put get on that thing. I have been putting more on it. I do a lot of stuff in one day, but you can... Feel free to hit me up at Twitter as well, too. So we're going to get ready to say good night. Hope y'all enjoyed it. Check out Kent again. Thank you, Miss Candace, for coming on. Thank you so much. And I'm sorry for making you wait. It was the pandemic. I got Thanos snapped into a weird alternate reality. I am so sorry. But uh, again, check it out. And that was uh, the pod. Have a good night. Good night, y'all. Peace.